if I were to ask you what your philosophy of life or your creed, what would that be? Have a good time all the time. That's my philosophy, Marty. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. I, I don't want to talk to anybody when they're in the bathroom either. Or if I'm, I'm in the bathroom, you know, public bathroom, I don't want people talking to me. Just do your business and get out. Yeah, well, when I'm in a public bathroom, I don't want anybody around anywhere for at least five minutes beforehand, five minutes afterwards. Like I want that place cleared out, sanitized quickly, and then I get in there and make sure that I've got some security outside saying, no, move along, there's somebody in there. And then I get out there and then sanitize quickly and then they can come in. Um, that's the way I like it. That's how I like to do my public business. <laughs> We're going around the table here. You want me to tell you how I do my public business? I don't. I don't even. Know. It didn't bother like, me. Is this going to be a topic? Are we actually going to talk about this? No, but I will <laughs> say this. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go I here. I will say I appreciated you in the in the bathroom to protect us from the um, train noise. Right. But I do think bathrooms are like, you know, probably the most echoey joints in the house, which is probably why they're nice for to use as like a. Vocal, vocal room, yeah, room for 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 music, but I don't know. The, I don't know. It's the podcast best friend. But I also think that maybe it was doing something to me mentally, you know, to oh, be yeah. <laughs> in that room for a couple of hours. Well, it was like a pressure cooker. It was hot yeah. in there. You were like sweating, and gets hot in there. It yeah. gets hot in there. Of course, now with air conditioning, it'd probably be nice. Uh, what you drinking there, Ben? This is, um, I brought the bottle with me because I was like, I don't know how much I might Oh, want. it's a Jefferson, yeah. You like this? I don't know. That's all right. It, it's fine. You know, I, I don't, it's not my go-to. Sherman, Sherman Hemsley? <laughs> uh, Isn't Gabe's back, everybody. Gabe <laughs> is back. What you got Are you there? talking about what you the got? Jeffersons? Are you talking about the president? What are you talking about? No, we were talking about the Jeffersons, obviously. That's exactly what we were talking about. I think he's dead, though. Sherman Hemsley. I don't know about that. He what, is, what do I got ben? back there? He's dead. He is dead. Okay. Confirmation from Ben, our producer, that Sherman Hemsley is dead. So, But I'm fascinated by your um, high school uh, onstage career. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I be, and I realize um, we should have brought up you falling off the stage when we did the, when we talked about smile. Cause there's a, there's a falling off the stage mishap in that movie too. Yes, there is very traumatic for me to watch that yeah. triggering. I was not happy. Um, yeah, man, you know, I was just in the moment. I was acting my ass off. Um, so much so that it, it carried me right off that stage. 
But I never broke character. I kept right on going. I didn't even say ow. Just went right into it. Did that uh, get captured on videotape? It did. But um, you don't see it. You know, you, you only, it, which makes it even funnier because it's mm-hmm. uh, off screen and you mm-hmm. hear me crashing into the chairs and you're and then I pick myself up and throw a chair across the room. And um, so, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw that somebody had a lot of they wanted us to talk about um, it wasn't really as much of a question as a comment by all the things that we didn't talk about with Michael Shannon last week mm. and uh, how he was like, they should have talked more about uh, Jeff Nichols, Jeff Nichols. Yeah. Which stuff we like did. That. We cut that out. I mean, we were on, on the phone with him for two hours. Um, but my answer to that is get your own fucking podcast and talk to Michael Shannon and uh, you know, have, have fun with that. <laughs> Where are you seeing all these questions? I'm not seeing any questions. Um, you know, I think maybe we should, maybe I will try to consolidate this. Maybe starting with this episode, I'll put a link to like a Google survey and people can just send their questions and comments to that Google survey and we can read them the next week. And so we don't have to. Yeah. yeah I mean, you brought this up this week. We really should get a Twitter account going, right? Something like Instagram. that. Or, and Instagram. Twitter. Sure. And Facebook. I guess we should. But even so, then that's like three different places. Like right now, there's like six different places, I think, where people are commenting okay. and asking questions. And it's getting a so, little So uh, like a Google thing? I don't even know what, what it is you're talking about. Well, I was doing this for my job job this week where I needed, I was asking people if they wanted to get a copy, a printed copy of our film guide. Um, mm-hmm. and there goes the train. It, it, Do you hear it, that? Yeah, but it's is it loud? It doesn't is it sound louder no. this time? No. It's the same no, we can't same hear. as the back. I can't hear. Okay. I'm gonna point it out every time it goes by. <laughs> so that'll happen. Uh go on, Ben. What were you saying? Uh just that I it's a place so anyway, I was I was wanted people to give me their home addresses if they wanted to get a copy of this thing mailed to them. And so I set up I think it's called a Google form a google form which is like a survey you can send out this link and then it you know it can be a question that you're answering or whatever a text block and then it all goes to this one spot that we can then open up the next week and flip through all the things that people have written to us okay like soundcloud is kind of that now but it's mostly this woman michelle who likes to Mm -hmm. listen on soundcloud (laughs) and then comment every couple minutes which is great well it's good i mean she's trying to get something going i see what's happening there um But she's trying to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, the problem is, but but that no one's listening to it at the same time as her. <laughs> right. So it's not quite working that way. Um, but but I, I do see what she's trying to do, and I applaud her for it. Uh, speaking of applause or lack of applause, uh, the, our local H tour coming uh, this fall, the Lifers Retour, is getting some shuffling around and we're going to have to cancel the Columbus show on September 2nd. Uh, we're moving that show in Columbus from the 2nd to October 24th. Uh, it sucks, but you know, we are playing this, uh, this festival, the incarceration festival, and they, they have radius clauses, which we didn't think was going to be a problem. We were told it wasn't going to be a problem. Uh, and then we found out it, it is a problem. Uh, no big deal. 
we're just moving it to October 24th. Hopefully that won't fuck too many people up. Um, but there you, you can, if, if it does fuck you up, you can get a refund. Um, talk to the venue, talk to us. Um, What's worse uh, is the Atlanta show that was scheduled for September 14th is being canceled slash moved to a date to be determined. Um, We don't know. This one sucks because um, we don't know what the the dates it's going to be moved to is. We we can't quite work that out yet. But um, it's not as bad as it seems. I mean... We will be coming to Atlanta this fall for something else, which is why this show has to be canceled. But it won't be the uh, the headlining show. You'll you'll be able to see us play. You just won't be able to see us headline. Not yet. Not yet. We'll we'll be back. But something else is happening. So, you know, I, I just don't want people to think that that the whole tour is going to fall apart. This has nothing to do with COVID or anything like that. It's just a routing thing. Um, Things happen so fast and shows are coming in left and right at that things have, have to be moved. The good thing about it is it's, it's far enough away. Uh, we, we can figure this shit out. But that's what's going on. More details are on our website and all that kind of crap. So I just wanted to get that out there because sometimes I forget to even bring up that we're going back out on tour. I heard that one of the shows is already sold out. The Charlotte show. Charlotte, yeah. Which is How, weird because I mean, we don't we don't usually uh, we do okay in Charlotte, but you know, selling out places is not what we usually do in Charlotte. And this far only, out. It's only an hour and a half from me, so Oh, so you'll be there. God willing. God. God willing. Okay. <laughs> so uh we'll we'll, we'll make sure we have the tambourine then. Have it? I always have it. You never know when it might pop up. Sometimes you know, though. Sometimes we're pretty sure you're not popping up. Sometimes I do pop up and you don't have it. There's been a t- there's been times. Remember that mini tambourine that was like the size of a oh here we go ding dong, and I had to play on that. Wait, the size of a ding dong? You know the hostess ding dong. It was, okay. it was small. You <laughs> could right. fit in your hand. Okay, all right. Now I and get I what you're saying. I had to go up there and play a stupid tambourine. It was it was a baby tambourine. I had to play it. and I felt like an idiot. But it made so, it made your hands look so big. No, it made me look stupid. <laughs> you know, here's what I never wanted to tell you: we had the real tambourine. <laughs> I just wanted you to play that little tambourine. I might just have to keep a tambourine in my car at all times, just in case, like I do. Thank with the you, thank you, thank you. That's what you should be doing. Wait, you've got a kazoo all the time? I'm pretty sure there's that- a kazoo at my desk at all times, just in case. I'm pretty sure there was one time when we needed you and your kazoo, and it wasn't there. You're like, I don't carry a kazoo around, but you do carry a kazoo around. You're like well, uh, George Harrison with uh, ukuleles. I guess, but uh, now I'm in my office, and I have a kazoo at my office. It's like my desk. It's like a, a rock pad or whatever you want to call it. It's just. Like- Did you know that George Harrison used to carry around ukuleles in the trunk of his car? Like multiple ukuleles. Multiple, multiple. Like you know, he as pulled, if one's not enough. He because his motto was, "You never know when you're going to need a ukulele." Um, so he would always have ukuleles ready to sit down and jam with friends like Tom Petty or whoever he used to jam with. Don't those things get affected by the weather? 
Yeah. Yeah, you, the the intonation on the ukulele is uh, is notorious notoriously bitchy. Yeah. But Gabe, we we do uh we're not above making you look silly on stage. There's been a few times. Remember when you had me grow that mustache for New Year's <laughs> Eve? It took me about two months to grow a mustache, and I'm so proud of this thing. You know, my wife actually colored it in a little bit just to make it look a little better. But it was real. I mean, so I, we were, I can grow a mustache. We were, we were doing Super Troopers for New Year's Eve. We were all dressed up like the Super Troopers, and we all had to grow mustaches. And Gabe grew a mustache. It took a long time, but I did it. And I get there. And, and he they, was so proud of it. I was going to be a cop, you know, with, with the sunglasses and everything and the suit. And he points to this other costume. He goes, this is your costume. This, you're going to be the bear. You're going to be the bear. And this bear, it's a bear head, a bear suit, bear gloves, you know. So what the hell do I have to grow a mustache for? He had me grow a mustache. It took me two months. I, I look like an idiot at work every day. And I didn't even get to show my mustache in this stupid thing i got a couple cool pictures hanging out you know but without the bear head you never took the bear head off at all during the entire never took it off it's like gabe was like check me out man i got my mustache i'm ready to go and then i was like here's what you're wearing you're like wait is this a joke (laughs) did you know this is the whole time yeah yeah i knew it the whole time oh it was so good there were signs there were signs along the way but I, i never picked it up and i get there what were the signs I don't know. Nobody really gave me an outfit to wear. I was there for like an hour beforehand, and nobody, everybody was getting their outfits together. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, something's not right here. You know, they had a hat for Mike Grogan, and they had, you know, Ryan had his gear. Nobody oh. had my gear, and all of a sudden, here's my outfit. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a that good was, one. That was one for the books. But I never saw the movie, so I didn't know the underlying theme of the bear and. An, that was a little more humiliating when I found out what was going on. So, well, you know, you didn't have to have sex with anybody. That that's not, you know, wasn't that humiliating? It's just the the idea of the bear in the movie, and I'm being that bear, so now I'm that person. Whatever. But two months out, two months out, you knew that this was the plan, and Scott the told you was, to grow a mustache. He, yeah, he told me in November. That's mean. But funny. Was it the only time you've tried to grow Very funny. facial hair? You've got some facial hair now. You've got some stuff on your chin. Uh, I let it go for a while. It's when, down here, and I don't go out very often. You know, this is COVID, so I don't shave it as much. There was a tour back in 96, 97, where we're on the yeah. bus with Fig Dish. It uh-huh. was the no shave tour. Right. And, and the person who could last the longest without shaving in the tour would win. And I'm pretty sure Scott won because he never shaved uh, during that tour, oh, I totally, a- I totally fucking won. But, I, but, but they tried to get me on some technicality, like I shaved like a piece of my neck or something like that. <laughs> my beard was better than anybody's fucking beard. But I think there- Rick Ness ended up winning the pot <laughs> because he's like, I saw you shave. And I'm like, fuck you. Um, there's a sh- there's a video of the show where you have a full beard at the show, and that's that's the tour. But I don't remember which. I think it was at the Metro. Yeah, the label was not happy about that. They were pissed. <laughs> Like, what's he doing? Growing a beard? What is this? Oh, in the like, 90s, when beards weren't in yet. That's right. That's right, like man. like Paul McCartney for, on Ram there or something. Now the labels would, would, would kill for you to grow a beard. <laughs> yeah, now they're all the rage. Yeah. So when do you start um, uh, rehearsing for a show? Like, when do, you, when do you start working 
uh, for this drive-in thing? We started rehearsing a couple days ago. Oh. So we're in it now. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully by then we'll be ready to go. Just making sure everything works and making sure our brains work. There's a lot of stuff I've for, forgotten. It's like a lot of pedal combinations mostly is the, the thing that's tough. What this is a long stretch. You haven't gone this far long without a show in forever. What, what is the stretch? It's weird. It's weird. It's been kind of a gift. I mean, when was the last time we played a show? Was it that live stream? What live stream? Oh, right, right, right. I guess the last thing we really did was that Katie Kit, that Katie's Kids thing uh, around Christmas. Yeah. But, yeah, it's been a while. Fuck. Do you ever take enough time off of playing guitar that you have to get your calluses back? Yeah, that's been kind of a problem uh, this year. But, you know, whatever. It's the kind of insider info that people are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on back there, Gabe? You got one. I can see one of my favorite records back there. What's this the other is one? The Drive Like Jehu Yank Crime vinyl. Yeah. Which is a classic album. And, and I don't even know which one I like better. Which one I want to hear more, the first self titled or this one? But, Great question. But, I was just talking about this the other night. Really? I, I still think I'm a self titled man. They're both great albums. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I can play them both all the way through and and just enjoy it like it was the first day. But Yank Crime's a little bit mathier. Yes, but I like that. I, I like trickery and, and time signature stuff, and that's pretty cool. The other one right. is the Misfits live album, the Evil Live. It's that's a the first Misfits record I ever owned, and it's it's a classic album. Anybody who likes the Misfits knows what that is. Right, 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 right. Uh oh, somebody's somebody's coming in. Somebody's beaming in. All right, well, so we've got DJ Rotary Rachel, Miss Rachel Lickman, from a undisclo- undisclosed location in a bunker. She's uh, just living it out, waiting everything out until it all blows over. That's or doesn't. Happening. Yeah. No? So Rachel is the creator of Network 77. Um, she's a video director, and she's got a new video out that she directed for Laura Jane Grace. She's also directed our video for the Winter Western video. Uh, fuck, we did that last May. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's insane. I know. It feels, I mean, honestly, this whole year has gone by in such a strange way. It's amazing. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was a year ago almost. You kept going, hey, hey, dude, when's that video coming out? Is, I know, I'm like texting you every so out? often, like, hey, Scott, what's going on? Shut up for yeah. a second. So what's up with that video <laughs> that I was in such a rush to finish? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and then I think in February, you texted me, you go, when's that video coming out? I go, tomorrow, actually. I'm like, oh, what? I was, <laughs> yeah, was going to tell you. The label needs a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It, I, that it, When it did come out, it was great. It was great timing. And uh, what a pleasure to do as well it was so fun that one was really fun to do yeah well i mean i knew you could nail that one like, like th- that thank was you so in your wheelhouse it was crazy it was fun to try idea it was it whose idea was it for that video by the way it was scott's scott was like i want to do the the electric company with the words and i was like oh i think i can do that i think i can pull it off no, and you, we you like, I know exactly how to pull this off. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you just were like, I know exactly how to do this. And I was like, I, I knew confidence. you would. Well, at least I delivered on, on that overblown sense of confidence. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I had a sense that I could do it, that I, you know, and luckily I have green screens all over this great land of ours that just, you know, I was like, go pick up my Chicago green screen, which right. is what Laura Jane Grace did as well. So you use that green screen. And then I gave it to Bob Ness, who then Laura Jane Grace picked up that same green screen from Bob and used it. And now she has it and is probably going to pass it along to someone. I mean, whoever else in Chicago needs it. Right. Rookie. It's the uh, Kevin Bacon of green screens. I exa- You know what? The stories that green screen could tell, believe me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It'd be so like, oh, my well. God. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that was and, and, and there's a little bit of that in the Laura Jane Grace uh, video where you figured out how to make videos without actually being there because you you've had to do that. But you this whole year has been. Yeah, I think that when it's funny because, you know, you kind of have to get creative and I'm very used to having to sort of get creative with a situation and figure out how to make it work with not a lot of resources. So COVID was sort of like, you know, just another hurdle that I sort of have like a skill, weird skill set Mm -hmm. that in the before world was sort of like the scoot and shoot, you know, like figure things out on the fly that ended up sort of paying off for me this year because I was able to do stuff that way. And then I directed a, um, a series of shows that Ted Leo did from the Columbus theater in, in Rhode Island and Providence. And that was really fun too, to like work from a distance that way. And I'm like, I'm like Ed Harris in the Truman show, basically like just this like voice of the goddess coming down from on high, yelling at everybody from a FaceTime. (laughs) Like what's that phone saying again? Um, but it, but it worked out well. And in terms of the videos, I knew Laura, Laura Jane Grace video, the new one that just came out, it's a two minute song. And I told her, I said, for two minutes, we can go full sledgehammer on this and just really dial in some beautiful effects like to the frame. Um, And that's and that's what I did. And uh, it was such a pleasure to do. Um, And so she's such a pleasure to work with and such a, you know, I've been I've been able to work with friends like all year, which has been really fun. You know, yeah, I I do. But it seems like that's the way you usually do it right i mean when yeah. i look at look at the stuff on network 77 it seems like yeah you you're very tight with everybody that's on that thing i just drag everybody into it you know the thing is <laughs> everyone's mm. like and also i don't know i've gotten i've gotten lighter with my with my asks i think when i'm trying to like um have people contribute um to a thing i'm kind of i like leave it up to them kind of what they want to do um and this year i also produced uh two episodes of something called easy am 66 which is like a, a an easy listening radio station with characters it's scripted comedy right, right. with a bunch of people involved and it's um a lot of comedians involved and musicians and everybody's um friends and what i realized is that um everyone i work with kind of has been backstage together at one point or another in the last 25 years mm-hmm. i think and that to me feels like a network literally in and of itself of um, people who just kind of like our age group, you know, like that, you know, Gen X and up a little bit of just everyone who kind of remembers what it was like and have been working at it for a really long time, uh, have been doing their thing and are probably doing the best work of their life right at, at the time that 
um, the internet has decided to sort of like ignore that in a weird way. Um, and I just feel like I, I've always been really um, conscientious of elevating that type of work because there's not really a lot of places for it anymore, you know? Yeah. And um, so this is like for all of us, you know, all of us um, lifers. As lifers. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh, she did it. She got it in there. <laughs> you know what? We have a title. We, I, I had to work it in quickly, but you oh. know what I mean? So I just thought it's like, it's, that's my goal. And, and cause everyone's doing great work. It's just that there's, you know, we're all sort of competing in this weird way with, within a place that we were never really, um, suited for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that COVID, sorry, I'm, I'm on like a real soapbox right now. No, 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 this is good. But I think COVID has brought out a lot of the ways that we were kind of driving around on a spare tire before, how hard it was for musicians in particular, who you get to a certain point, you're like, am I real? Am I getting in a van right now? Like, I like my back hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there something else I could do? So then I'm going to try to like come up with fun ways to, you know, present things and promote things in a way that's different than was before. And the internet has absolutely really very little to do with that. <laughs> as I mean, little like, as possible. Yeah, with music, it, 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 like you watch it and you're kind of like, it, it, and then it breaks for commercials. But it's almost like the whole thing is almost a commercial in a way, you know, for, for your friends, for like people that you like and respect. I mean, it feels like that to me when I watch it. Yeah. And, and I've been working on a lot of new things and, and you know, just... I just keep sort of creating this world and building it out when I'm interested in one part of it or another. Um, and I don't know where it leads, but I've just been following the things that I'm interested in doing and that I feel like doing. And um, that seems to be a better artistic choice for me than chasing a carrot of success in any way uh, mm. that has always been sort of elusive for so many. And I think that once you once I kind of got rid of like, there's no end game to this. There's only the process. There's only the fun of it and working with friends. And I've been really lucky to work with people that I just really respect so much that, um, I can't even believe, you know, I actually met a lot of people through network 77 who I didn't even know before, but it's one of those things that plays to the band, like literally. (laughs) So it brings a lot of other artists like, to me that are like, Hey, you're kind of speaking my language, which is really great. You know, it's like, maybe like the audience, the world at large doesn't really, I don't know. It's not for them, but the people who it's for, Uh (laughs) which is like 20 people, um, but those 20 people really (laughs) love it. So that's really good. That's fine for me. Yeah. Uh, When did you start network 77? I started it in 2017, which again, it feels like it's been so long, but that was not that long ago. I know. Isn't that nuts? 2017. Jeez. The first one came out in 2018. I started shooting stuff for it in, in 2017, running around, um, just having, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. It was, I mean, you know, I was like learning as I went, but I knew I had like a bunch of ideas and I kind of wanted just to have an umbrella where I could, um, where I could put them without having to, um, I was living in Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles for, um, for a decade and it's really tough to manifest ideas, um, in, 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 
in a context where everything like the business is right there and everybody's really successful and they're doing like real stuff, like for real money. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know where my dumb idea fits in. But um, so I wanted to sort of take it out of that context and work with my friends who I thought were really, really great and funny and they exist everywhere. And they, um, you know, all my, you know, people from Chicago, like, you know, like Jason Walker's in it and people yeah. like that. I just, I don't know, just people that I think are, are really funny and talented and, and good characters. My friend, yeah. uh, Chris Murphy, who lives in uh, Somerville, Mass, who's hilarious. And, um, so it, ended, it just ended up being fun. And, 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 and it's been a place where I could develop those things and have a philosophy about things and be able to create something that is a not only is it a fun place to be but um it's it like like I said it's almost like the internet never happened it's like another dimension where that didn't happen and so people who want to have advice about like you know what you should do <laughs> you know you should do this on YouTube or you should do this it's like no, because I don't think I really want a larger audience, really. I think I want the audience that is going to understand it and therefore not, like, leave me shitty comments or something. Like, mm. what's this? <laughs> or, like, you know, just I don't need it. <laughs> right. I only want comments that are like, oh, my God, where have you been? That's what I'm looking for. So right. keeping it small, but I've been able to develop it and um, had the time. And I have gotten much better. Oh, my editing has improved. Like, I mean, a thousand fold in just the last three years, it's like night and day, um, graphic design. Um, I, I started doing everything myself. I realized very early on that there was not going to be a way for me to commodify it. Um, so I stopped dragging people into it and I started just doing it myself. And, um, that has yielded a, a totally different direction and, and road for me and my skills. And, um, I don't know where it goes, <laughs> but right. it has led me to really great, um, artistic experiences. So I guess that's kind of what it's all about. Right. Yeah. And a freedom of not giving a fuck. I mean, totally. At what point did, were you just kind of like, I don't care who gets this. This is for who it is. And I don't care if it's 20 people, but this is what I'm going to do. When did you get that sort of? I think I, I think I realized it when I knew that the 20, the 20 people were people that literally chisel them on my like gravestone. Those people's names <laughs> that yeah. are like, like there have been people who have said, who have sent me messages and I, I, I won't like, I won't drop any names, but like people who I really respect that have given me the encouragement to go on when I've been feeling like there's really no place for me or geez, am I just like doing this thing? And like everyone can sort of people with more resources can do it better or look at my ideas and be like, Oh, that would be cool. Maybe I should try that right. <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> which happens a lot. Where it's like, Oh, this looks like something that I should probably be doing. But, um, and, and, you know, it's, but it's been hard. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's not a sustainable concern. I don't have a way of, um, you know, making it a thing that, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to sell it to someone so that they could tell me how to run it? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't really have any, that's the thing. It's like, if, if the world was maybe a little bit different and, you know, women like me were sort of given like carte blanche to to do a thing. Um, 
then maybe it would have there maybe there would be a different road for it. As I see it now, I, I think that the creative control is my currency at this point. So I'm not exactly mm. sure what other scenario there would be. And um so I I basically have been treating it like it's art or that type of a project. And that has been a better framework for me to work within so that I'm not trying to, it's not a hustle at all. Right. And, and the world is sort of expanded. I mean, to me, it's, it's really amazing where, where it's at, where, you know, like the easy 66 thing and it, it all fucking fits together. But when you started it, did you, I mean, there's no way that you could have known you were going to do easy 66, but at what point did you get all, you know, Star Wars, George Lucas on this shit where you're just going to expand this fucking universe. I know. Uh, That, you know what it is? Because I always throw out, like, New Dimension Records is something I'm expanding. Is that real? Nope. And it ain't going to (laughs) be. Nope. And New Dimension Records is going to put out a whole bunch of stuff. And there will be a New Dimension Records club coming. You heard it here first, folks. Um. And, and that is going to be a fun thing where real artists, it'll be an umbrella with a spectrum of real to fake and um, mm-hmm. heightened and, you know, exploitate, exploitative, um, you know, there's one album that's coming out that's called How to Apply for a Title with uh, Just a Bill of Sale, like those kinds of like provided by the Tennessee Highway Commission, <laughs> you know, just weird like thrift store, t- you know, kind of, uh, thrift store meets Pickwick, basically. Um, right. So um, I decided to answer your question. I decided that I wanted to do when COVID happened. Um, I remember I was driving to a park to go for a hike and I was listening to the easy listening station and I'm like tapping away on the steering wheel. Like I'm like Fred de Cordova, like, like on my way, like in Burbank or something like (laughs) going to the, just what am I 80, you know? And, you know, and um, I was like, you know what I should do? I should just do a, a station that's like a cross between the station I grew up with in Michigan City and then WJJD, which was a Chicago AM radio station on 1260, which oh, 1160, excuse me, AM 1160, which of course is no, it doesn't exist, hasn't for a while, where it was like Songs of the Superstars. Oh, yeah. That was My Johnny Mathis and the Carpenters. Um And I just, but I wanted to make it like a local station that was sort of a love letter to like where I grew up in Northwest Indiana, Michiana shores. And, 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 uh, so I just wrote it and I dragged like Doug Julen in on it and, Mm -hmm. um, Chris Murphy and Ted Leo and, and then I, you know, the Sklars are in it and, and Frank Conniff and just a bunch of people who I asked, I was like, you know, you have a 20th century kind of a voice. (laughs) Would you be in this thing? And everyone was like, yeah. So um, it just, it turned out, it came together very easily. That's the only way I can put it. Like it's, it's just like it says on the box. Like it was, it was easy. It was fun. It was something I could do from home. Like everyone could just send me in their recordings and I produced it. I put it together and spent a lot of time choosing the cues and, um, but it was so enjoyable, the process of that. And um, so 
that's when I was like, you know, I can go in, I can do this any way I want. I can just focus on one thing or another and expand it or, you know, contract it or whatever. I mean, so that's kind of what I've been experimenting with this year. And, um, and I continue to do this summer and there are other things that are coming and some stuff is going to happen like in the autumn, some stuff will be over the summer, but yeah. Um, more easy 66 stuff. Is that what you're talking I think that there will be definitely easy 66, um, stuff that will come again. They, they are dense, those episodes and mm-hmm. they take a while to write and to shape up. But um, everybody who is involved with Easy, the core group of of writers and creators, which is Dog and Ted and me and Chris, um, we all live for it. And mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Dog Julian is a legend, you know, in yeah, in, yeah. in Chicagoland, and he um, has he's been such a pleasure to um, bring into this world because he's so talented. You know, I mean, they all are, but it's like he was like a new person I hadn't worked with before, and I just knew he was right for it. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and he is, you know? Yeah, he's not a bad guitar player, too. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's spot on. You know, my dad used to listen to shit like that all the time. You know, Roger yeah. Whitaker, Andy Williams, Judy Collins. That was that was his <laughs> yeah. fucking jam, you know? I mean, it, it was like he liked music, but he hated music. He only wanted to listen mu- to music that wasn't going to get in his way. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. and you've, you've got, you can listen to easy 66 and not get the joke for, for a second there. You're like, Oh, I'm just listening to a radio station. And then you'll say something and you'll be like, wait, what, what did she say? And then you realize what's happening. And then once that happens, you're in it. You know what I mean? It, it's- <laughs> I do. It's, um, because it's, because you're playing it straight and, um, yeah, yeah. And that's what something that 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 Gene Wilder had said is to if you want it to be funny, play it straight. It, it you know there are no gags. There's no place that like that ever kind of like, huh? Ta-da! You know, um, it kind of really sounds real to me, and everybody really sells it that way. So I'm glad, and it's very subtle. Um, the greatest compliment I got about Easy was somebody had said. Oh, I'm like in the back of my grandpa's Oldsmobile. And I was like, that's exactly where this came from. You know, I used to visit my grandparents down in Florida, of course. And they used to pick us up at the airport, like in Fort Lauderdale. And my grandfather had a Lincoln Continental and they'd be playing some, you know, dead people station from Florida that, and it was like palm trees and big band music and that feeling is very specific, you know. Um, and so I think that comes through. And um, and that was, you know, I think people really felt that. I think that <clears throat> it's got heart, and and it's um, and it's uh, it really means a lot to me. I was very I was very proud of that one this year. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, when you watch. Network 77, you know, I, I can get some SCTV stuff going on there and some Night Flight stuff. Um, yeah. Those may be the obvious ones, but I, I also sense, like, there's a lot of Fernwood Tonight yeah. feeling that I'm getting. <laughs> right? Yeah. Be- because, you know, I, I, I was obsessed with Fernwood Tonight, but for the longest time, I thought it was real. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what, what, 
like I'm obsessed with with your stuff is I don't know what's real and what's not real. Like, you know, I was like, this isn't a real label, is it? I mean, I guess I could Google it, but, I, you know, what the fuck? And it's like the, the Annex Bank commercial. I mean, is that real? You know, what's going on? <laughs> that Annex Bank commercial feels so real to me. I love it so much. We shot it in Providence, which always... Oh, no just, way. Turns- I cannot believe that's not fucking real. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's not real. It looks so real to me. The music I chose for it, everything about it, I love it. We should, Providence looks like forever 70s, that downtown. You don't know what year it is. You know, it's just... We ha- I have a, t- oh, Kelly Way. Kelly Way gave me, our friend Kelly Way. Yes. Gave me one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received, which was she had her, her aunt who, who passed away young, unfortunately, but she had kept this little booklet that has, it says mad money on the front of this booklet and you open it and it is regional charge cards from the San Diego area from like the late 60s early 70s mm. real charge cards for department stores like Joseph Magnin and you know Robinsons and I literally almost started crying cuz I mean I'm obsessed with department stores and just the and especially regional ones but also the charge cards are exquisite you know in terms of design and we use them in the Annex Bank yeah. commercial, she's running around charging all over yeah. town with, <laughs> with the charge cards. And I said it to Kelly and she was like, yeah, you know, Kelly's been such a big help and support with um, everything I do. And that's just one in one way that she uh, she did that. So, uh, yeah, my mind is blown. <laughs> well, that was like and that was early on. I mean, those those episodes are. um are lovely and wonderful. There's so many great people in them. And I'm, and I'm excited to, um, start putting out some of the newer stuff that I have that I've been doing. And, um, there's, there's a lot of it there and I'll probably be shooting a few things over the summer. And, but, um, but it's, it's forever expansive. And if there's one thing I did learn with easy, it's that, um, you know, putting more of, of, of myself or having like an emotional quality to it, I think is really what I'm looking to do. The set dressing and everything is, can all, you know, everybody's kind of going through the 20th century dumpster right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything kind of has that retro look and there, but there's a, there's a really, um, exquisite sort of finely tuned way you can do that. But also I think really, what matters is to have like truth in it or, or heart or something that people can connect to. It doesn't matter what the, what the set dressing is or how, how much of a budget you have. Um, I think that's the thing that really is what I want to remind myself and to, um, in, in terms of my own artistic creation, um, that that's the thing that matters in art, isn't it? Like, I think we all forgot, I think, and, and, you know, we can forgive ourselves. I mean, it's been a tough, <laughs> it's been a tough century so far and yeah. the internet didn't help, you know, in terms of making a lot of squeaky wheels out of us, you know, <laughs> but I, I like even back in the day in Chicago though, you, you know, this was, con- you, you were always this c- kind of thing that you're doing was always in your thing. And I don't know you know, there, there's always something very proto hipster about you, you know, like you were good at, <laughs> 
straddling the line between Chicago's 90s rockist tendencies. And, you know, you were also, you'd start talking about something. I'd be like, what, 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 the, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, but Chicago is the best, first of all. And because yeah. Chicago is a really generous bunch of folks and cool people and everyone kind of like just wears their heart on their sleeve and that's what it is. And I um, and so when it came to discovering things or that sense of discovery or learning things or whatever, like I, I feel like I was lucky to be surrounded by a lot of people who knew a lot more than I did. And I got to like sort of learn from them. And um, also, I mean, you know, we were really like, Scott, we're about the same age. Um, and when we met, I think, I, I mean, we were like in our 20s, our early 20s. Um, I've known you for, so maybe almost like 25 years or something. I've known, you know, and so, and we were like, so yeah, everyone was so, not just us, but everyone was like young and dumb and having a lot of fun back then. And it was really fun, yeah. by the way. <laughs> for all you listeners, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, you missed it. Yeah, sorry, you missed it. <laughs> sorry, you missed it. But I don't know. There was a lot to learn. There was a lot of like cool stuff happening and things to sort of, you know, it, it, it was it was definitely um, part of what drove me creatively was being surrounded by so many creative people who I observed to be really high functioning. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean, I and, and coming <laughs> and coming up with ways to, and just like really like like swinging for the bleachers and nailing it, and um, that I don't know, it created like a um, I don't know, like a standard, if that makes sense, of just that might have had something to do with it. Maybe. I mean, I'm a late bloomer. I I didn't really have any way of speaking that language. I I, I didn't know how it was going to manifest. Right. So, you, yeah, you didn't know. You were just sort of like uh, absorbing these things, but you didn't have this idea in the back of your head. No, I, I, I had no idea. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I kind of, um, there was like, I did an early, uh, I mean, I did a bunch of, you know, I did like, you know, rock critique writing and, you know, things like that. But then also um, I did like a, public access show called cheap. I remember that I tried doing, which was <laughs> so um, really just like, you know, early, early attempts at trying to put something together like that, um, which I have on VHS behind me <laughs> somewhere. I've never transferred it. So it took me a while to sort of figure out where my strengths were and when I moved to Los Angeles, um, I started to develop that more. And um, that's and, and I did. And so I essentially like went to film school or, you know, like started writing comedy or, you know, just started even just dumb jokes on Twitter, you know, whatever it was. But I, I started to like work out these things that I felt I could do and sort right. of try and develop them. And I did. Right. Did you do any stand up? No, no, I was, I'm too scared. Uh -huh. I'm too, I'm too, I have stage fright. I mean, maybe back when I was, um, when I was drinking, yeah. <laughs> I probably would have done it, <laughs> but I don't, but I'm like, I have really bad stage fright. I, I can't do it. You know, you don't think, uh, you were doing stand up, but I, I've seen you do stand up quite a few times. <laughs> 
many. Are you sure times. I was standing? It's like here she's Barely doing a routine up. again. Here she goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was great. Working it out, <laughs> tight five, a loose five. Um, right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, all in good fun. But that's when that's uh, you know. So that's what that was good for in terms of like you know figuring it out. And I still am. You know, it's a, it's a lifelong process of you know just developing. So you didn't actually go to film school though? No, right? no, but no, I, okay. but I learned and I taught, I was, I'm self-taught. I'm self-taught. I started editing almost right away. I had mm-hmm. no concept except for how to cut tape. Thank you. Chicago public access. Yeah. So I knew how to edit on tape, but I had no idea how to use Adobe premiere one in those days. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, <laughs> um, learning that and I worked with editors who I learned from every editor I've ever worked with on a project has been like a professor for me and I asked questions and then I started doing my own editing and I realized that I had sort of a knack for that type of um construction and um so I and and also that I enjoyed having the control over of course um over how things flowed and, you know, just bringing stuff in. And, and I was working for a news agency when I first moved to LA, an independent news agency. Mm-hmm. And we had to produce little, like, you know, basically like celebrity news online things. And here's a funny, wait, here's a funny aside. So right. for a while we were following Joaquin Phoenix back then remember when he was doing his like shtickala okay so we i had to do all these dumb like you know we spotted joaquin phoenix walking through lax you know and i did my own voiceovers (laughs) so anyway (laughs) next thing i know like i don't even know how many years later that joaquin phoenix documentary comes out yeah remember and I'm yeah. in it. My my voice. My friend goes, <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> I get a call. I heard your voice in this Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, oh, they used they used one of those stupid things I made for <laughs> Splash News, and um, and so that was funny. But um, it was stuff like that. But I, but because I was doing these, I was turning them over like you know two or three or four of them in a day, um. And especially, oh, I was working for them when like Michael Jackson died, (laughs) you know, like it was nuts. It was crazy. And um, so, but I learned fast. It was like, I really learned how to edit and do this stuff really quickly. And then I, um, and then I started uh, working with more material and um, doing longer form things. I started working, uh, I did a stuff for the monkeys um, and directed. Uh Oh, Gabe, Gabe's a huge monkeys fan. I heard this. Okay. I was working with Andrew Sandoval on the monkeys tours. And, um, that was in, it was in 2011. Jeez, that was 10 years ago. So, so I was working, I was putting together like a program, like a video program sort of behind the monkeys as they were playing. And it was really fun. It was really, really groovy and cool. And Wait, for on their tours, you, you on put their together tour, like the, yes. the backdrop stuff? I designed the backdrops and worked with this editor um, named Scott, who I worked with at Splash. I was like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And so we started to gather up all the material. And so, you know, it was really groovy. Some of the songs had like just black and white stills. Some of it, you know, it was all intuitive. Yeah. Davey loved it. Um, 
It was really fun. <laughs> what did you do after that? So you've got that under your belt and you're like, I know how to, I know how to do this. Yeah. What, what did you do next? I worked with um, the amazing Sarah Thayer on a project that was, a, it was an audio documentary series called Something Cool. And that was a series, there were three episodes that are just beautiful. They're on, um, they were on um, Howl, which was like the, you know, the premium version of Earwolf. So um, each episode was about a woman that you should know more about, Bobby Gentry, Carol Cleveland of Monty Python, and, um, and then the GTOs, the Girls Together Outrageously. Um, and I, we interviewed everybody. We got everybody. We, we got Terry Gilliam. We got everybody. And um, wow. we had brilliant hosts and, and narration, and they were produced, you know, kind of like in that BBC style. Um, but you know, it was, it was a one series deal. It was a lot of work again, a lot. It was tough with like a very, you know, we didn't really have a great budget and, um, I'm not sure if they were, we might've been a little ahead of our time. Let's put it that way. And I, Mm. I'm not sure anybody was really ready for, you know, nobody really knew who Bobby Gentry was nor did they really care. Um, but it was it was wonderful, and and so we we did that for a while, and I really thought that I was going to kind of um, go on that documentary track. I was sort of heading that way, and I had yeah. sort of thought to have ideas in that way. But then I wrote a show, a comedy show, and I started working on that, and I I felt like you know what, this is so much more enjoyable for me. Uh, the things that I love about you know historical you know, pop history or whatever and, and stuff is I do love, but I, um, I wrote a show with Sean Tejarachi of Liartown USA, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's brilliant. And, um, so then we were trying to pitch that and, uh, and that's when I kind of was like, you know what I need to have, I need to try and develop this more. I- I'm not ready to be I don't think I'm ready to be in these rooms maybe yet. I, I need to just develop my voice more and figure it out. And that's when Network 77 came in. You know, I kind yeah. of just needed to take a step back um, and just, you know, put some work in and figure it out. So that's what I've done. Back to that thing about what's real and what's not. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed like you've been collecting people and, you know, they're all in this thing you know in different ways you know like like ted leo i mean how did you meet ted i met ted through amy mann how did you meet amy mann <laughs> i met amy mann <laughs> through michael penn how did you meet michael penn <laughs> <laughs> i met michael penn oh in those days we met at the at the bean the coffee bean and tea leaf in Los Feliz, where everybody <laughs> would go. I lived in Los Feliz. I lived right, like literally a block from the coffee bean, right off Los Feliz Boulevard. And I would walk to the coffee bean every day. And there was this like amazing group of just wonderful, wonderful people who I met there every day. And Michael Penn was one of them. And we, uh, you know, hit it off like gangbusters because we mm. love the same kind of music and the same kind of stuff. And um, and so anyway, we just became, you know, we became friends. And then Amy would kind of pop in sometimes. And then she and I 
got along like game busters. Like, it was like, where have you been all my life? And, um, you know, and so we are, we are very tight to this very day. And, and so that, that was, I, I want to say that was, um, eight or nine years ago or something. And, uh, I've gotten to work with both of them creatively. I did a video for Michael Penn this year, um, which was one of the great privileges Two, you know, it was a song he had written after 15 years of not putting a song out, you know. So, I wow. mean, that's like a that's like a once in a lifetime. And it was brilliant and wonderful and super uplifting, um, just super talented. So that's how I met Ted. And then Ted and I, of course, hit it off. And then what did we start doing? I don't remember what our first thing was. But, oh, I did a video for him. Um, I did a, a fun video that looks like um, the Peter Lemon Jello ads uh, for Love 76. <laughs> and so it looks like one of those ads. And I don't did, know what that is. Peter Lemon Jello had a commercial in uh, the New York area in the 70s where he's, he was the first direct to consumer. Um, like, he, that's how he sold his record was you could buy it through mail order, like to order Love 76 call, you know. So it was like, so we had Paul F. Tompkins do the voiceover and we made it look like inspired by the the commercial. And it was really, really a lot of fun. And Ted, I want to say, is such a funny guy and a really great actor. Like, I think he's really a really 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 deeply uh talented person and especially as you know i'm obviously as a musician but i think as an actor he's um underappreciated and uh it was funny i was telling him i'm like you know it's it's one of those things speaking of lifers like the older the older we get sometimes the better suited we are (laughs) the better suited we are for certain things because Acting, I feel, is an older man's game. I think if you can, you know, <laughs> channel all your shit into it, you know, I'm sure maybe Michael Shannon said, what did Michael Shannon say? What do you say about wa- me? Just tell me right now. He wanted to know what you said about him. <laughs> Fine. I'll tell you after. Um, okay. No, he, it is. It's like as you get older and, and just more, you know, uh, you know, we love character actors and, uh, you know, I just think that... Um, you bring some, you know, it's like you watch something like all the president's men and you're like that room of these guys. It's like Jason Robards and all these dudes. And you're like, this is like a dream. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so great. And, um, so I, I also think just in the reference to all of this that we're talking about, like you put your time in and it's like the work gets better and better and better and better. And the world will have you believe that you're less and less and less relevant. And that could not be more false. Um, I think that um, being, you know, channeling everything that you've lived and, and everything that you know and all of your experience, which is which counts for a hell of a lot and is it means something and your work reflects it. And that, I think, is one of the most important things that I try and remember anyway, because I will probably just, I'll be like Ruth Buzzy on a park bench, you know, six years from now. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, and I just want to remember that, you know, it's, it's the work that matters and not the being out in front and, you know, being the loudest or taking the credit for something or whatever. Um, And that is something that I feel that 
you and I have a lot in common. We have that in common. Just we are, um, we've lived, we've lived many, many, many lives and it, and it shows in the work we do, I think, you know, and I think that's true with everybody that I work with. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm still very adamant that unless we as artists all support one another and create like almost a bed of nails that, that is where we leave a hole for corporate interests to come in and start to, um, you know, chop everything up and sell it back to you. And, right. um, and to co- frankly create a situation that is like pay to play. I mean, this is payola now when you can pay for like a billboard on, you know, X, Y, Z, if I, um, and you can, um, get yourself out in front like that. Okay. Um, Art doesn't really have any place there. There's no meaning to it. It's just commerce at that point. Um, and this is, I guess, you know what? I don't mean to sound super high-minded, but this is kind of the thing I'm always trying to achieve where it's like, we're all in this. We've all been in it together for a really long time. Everyone I've worked with, as I said, has probably played shows with each other or knows each other through some way, like Joe Pernice knows so-and-so, you know, like everyone knows everybody. Um, and there's a place for everybody to, to be showcased in a way that doesn't, you know, that is old and yet new. So. Right. I I heard you say something where you said like, even, even if you had a million dollars, like this stuff would look exactly the same. Oh, I did say that. Yeah, it would. Um, there would be some things I would do differently. Like I would, as I say on my, on my website, I was like, here's the thing. If you'd like to donate, that'd be great because I really need like the big letter H that Herb Alpert sits on. Like in the, you know, this guy's in love with you. You know, I want like set pieces and lighting and I'd really love to be able to like elevate my, my, um, I mean, if this stuff looks as good as it does now with like right. nothing, can you imagine if I had like two nickels to run together? It'd be insane. <laughs> but, you know, even if I don't, though, um, I can still I still love everything I do and it's made with love and it and it is, you know, and it all works. And, um, you know, just um, as I said, I, I'm I'm not as I used to get a little bit frustrated about not having like those resources to do things. And now I'm not as worried about it. I kind of feel like I've, you know, actually this COVID year has taught me a lot about how I enjoy working and, um, and what, how I want to do things and also to sort of set boundaries and not do things that I think aren't that where I think the work's going to suffer and turning things down where I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can actually do this well. Um, because I don't want my work to suffer. As far as anybody knows out there, I have the same resources that everybody else does, you know? Um, so the, the work itself has to be quality. And, um, so getting to that is really what I'm, what I want to do. And if it's in one minute increments or 20 minute, um, that's my, that's my goal is to make it as beautiful as it can be, I guess. Well, I, I just think it's endlessly fascinating and, you know, it's just like, you just get inside of it and you're like, wait, what is she doing? And, and, um, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Oh, Oh. and, uh, we got to do a video 
in person. Oh my God. I know. Well, I mean, well, I'm fully vaccinated. So am I. <laughs> Did yeah. you got, are you vaccinated? Did you get I it? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of taking some short drives around and doing some fun work in person again. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Even if it's just like bubble to bubble, I think it would be, um, such a pleasure to be able to do that. So yeah, I got an idea for something I think you might come up with. It's a, it's a song about Farrah Fawcett. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm blank. I have no ideas. <laughs> All right, just send it to me. I'll, we'll talk about it. Um, put, get, put me in a wig. <laughs> I've been trying in a swimsuit. So Gabe in a bear suit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. Okay. I can't predict anything. Can you? I mean, I can't. I have. Can you even believe this year? Like, I never thought in my entire life that I would see this happen. Um, it's nuts. Yeah. It's, I mean, the thing that freaks me out is if. If I had known a year ago that yeah. this would still be going on, I think I would have fucking jumped off a bridge. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't know how long, yeah. you know, but, it, it, but I will say that after being on like sort of a, you know, there's that, well, you know what I'm saying this in hindsight mm-hmm. at the time, it didn't feel like a hamster wheel, but now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, it was a little hamster wheelie. I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit like, you know, must get things done, have to put this out. There's this deadline. Now I have this and now this has to come out. And what about this release cycle? And what about this thing? Right. And now I just like, I just don't care. Like time for me has <laughs> no meaning. Nothing means, you know, it, it, we're doing things according to our, our inclination and our creativity and our whim and at our own pace and in our own way. And, um, so I will say that that has been a real silver lining is learning how to do that and slow down a little bit and not worry so much about, you know, having things happen quickly. Um, I, it doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, taking care of dogs, like what Kelly does and stuff like that's the kind of thing that I think really makes a difference and matters. Art's going to, art's always going to be there, but I think also there's, there's, you know, priorities and I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on real life because I'm too right. busy trying to have a career of some sort. That's like, who cares? You know. <laughs> so you've lost all ambition is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just like to, you know what? I just want to have fun with my friends and do fun things and, and make groovy stuff. And that's my ambition now. I, I think that when, when it gets to the part where it's like, oh, how, what are you going to do with this? How are you going to commodify this? Then I'm like, mm, uh, I don't know. You know, what do I, I don't, what do I, I'm not typing something up. I don't yeah. want to. You've got to leave now. You, uh, I don't want to <laughs> hang out with you anymore. <laughs> I'm not in the mood to talk about that right now. Um, so so that's it. You know, that's, that's what it'll be. And, but it, but it'll be, there's a lot more fun stuff to come listeners for, um, at network 77 and, uh, and it's not going to be on any kind of weird schedule and there's no Patreon or anything like that. It's just more of a place where these things can go and exist. And, um, I, this week, even if you don't mind me 
promoting a thing that's that i'm doing this week i've been working oh, please get this, something out of this i'm please. gonna do yeah. something <laughs> i'm gonna tell you like even just i'm in the middle of putting out like just this fake world of this character tamar this israeli chanteuse yes is, i want to talk about fucking tamar now this is more tamar shenanigans. Is, tamar is 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 uh we are going this is what is interesting to me right now and i will i will close with this idea which is okay. that um i mean we could talk all night i don't care but i'm just saying that this would be a good place uh to close the edit ben you, okay, you hear that ben this is the fucking yeah, start that music t- capper yeah this right. is it so um <laughs> Tammy Faye Starlight is is an incredible uh, performer and comedian and singer and has been around um, forever actress. And she and I met um, in New York and um, we, I I actually can't, oh no, we met in LA. Sorry. We met in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Then I re-met her in New York and um, we have a lot of mutual friends. And then she was involved with a Bobby Gentry um, per, you know, uh, benefit that we did at the bell house this one night and she was in it and stuff. And we've always really gotten along and she started, she had been doing like Marianne faithful shows. She had been doing shows as Nico and she's just brilliant. I mean, she channels them deeply in a way that is like, so she, and she works with like, like Lenny Kay and all these other people. And she, you know, she's really, really amazing. And so she was coming up with this character, Tamar, this Israeli Chanteuse kind of, you know, um, singer and we started to work together on it and develop. And we've come up with this thing where we will see, we will just conceptually like promote Tamar from one period of time to another. And it, she's going to bounce around in time. It, It is not a linear thing. Um, where, there will be like fake, like on Friday, there will be a third Tamar thing. So the, on Monday, we had her um, trade ad in Coin Catch magazine, which is fake that I made up. And it's a trade ad <laughs> magazine that I'm going to use. I mean, that's so <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really fun to make that. And so... And then, you know, today comes out this like New Dimension Records, like promo spot for for Tamar and um, her new her new sound, which is very pretentious. And and sound it's a Hebrew song sung like Leonard Cohen. And then Friday, there will be an appearance on uh, this is an exclusive, by the way, uh, an appearance on Italian television. And so that'll be, and that'll be the, uh, yeah. And so I've been working on this. And then the next time we meet tomorrow, it will be a completely <laughs> different time and place, different kind of promotion, different type of coverage, you know, and it's, um, it's a really fun way while all the theaters are closed and the, and the venues are closed. It's like, we're finding the venue and the venue is time and it's just time. And so we can put her anywhere and we can just go. It's like a dream. I mean, we could just be in, you know, we could be anywhere. Um, right. So that's that's a, a little thing that, you know, we're we're working on right now, which is a fun thing. And then she will be part of a larger program that's coming out uh, probably in the uh, at the end of the summer. So. So, yeah. Well, when are we when are we going to see an episode of the Judy Sill show? Uh- <laughs> I have to. I have the perfect person in mind to play her. Oh, I, really? <laughs> I do actually. Uh, the Judy Sill show is the. Fun. 
<laughs> one of the funniest things to me. I don't know. Still, it's funny. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun, weird, bizarre stuff that's coming. Um, that Some stuff I've had in the can for a year and a half. And um, I'm actually going to put out a fake commercial next week that I have been sitting on that we filmed at Q Division like mm. a year and a half ago. And uh, and so I, I'm, I just finished uh, editing it today. So I'm going to put it out as a little, as like a teaser and just start like teasing out a few things over the summer. But, um, but there will be uh, a larger program later that is coming. And it may be the sort of thing where I can... I can leave it where it is or not, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Where it's Or like, you can keep stirring it. <laughs> I'm stirring it. <laughs> I can't believe there haven't been more Goodfellas quotes during our conversation. I'm so disappointed in us. I know. I'm sorry. And just now, I I had, I, my, do- my dog's name is Karen, and she's looking at me, and she's like, I got to go out. And and I said, not without, goes, your, not without your keys, you're not. <laughs> Karen, what? What, Karen, what do you want, you Karen? Grow up, I'm still going out. Not without your car keys, you're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said to my sister today, I'm like, I got to go out and get worried about getting whacked on the street. I got to come home to this. <laughs> this. Talking about COVID. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um yeah, there's not a day that goes by. That's I, I, just like it's in my it's in it's just part of my language now. It's like it, I don't even think about it half the time. Right, right. People are like, "What, what are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like Goodfellas. You don't know this. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm just you got li- me on a pay no mind list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, I cannot I just, I go out say. to a bar or a restaurant. And it's like, oh, looks like she's got us on a pay no mind list. <laughs> Every day. I, mean, I did like- it last night. It applies to everything, everything. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, my, I mean, my sister and I, the other day I went right from Goodfellas to The Godfather in like, within like three seconds. She goes, nice. <laughs> like, it's like, look, I mean, it, when it works, the it works. piece of ass you ever had? Is, <laughs> yeah. did, you, did somebody walk by like that? That was always my favorite one. And let me be even more frank. Um... <laughs> To show you I'm not a hard-hearted man. It's not all dollars and cents with me. No, because the, the best part of that is when he's like, thank you for the dinner and a pleasant evening. You know, when he's like, Mr. Corleone is a man who insists upon hearing bad news right away. And he gives that look like, uh, oops, maybe I <laughs> oh, right. might have. Uh, okay. You know, I watched the, uh, the saga. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago. Right. And. And it's got that scene where after he leaves, he sees that younger, uh, well, not actress, but woman who's in her teens. Like she's being sort of kept there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and he looks up the stairs and Mm -hmm. there's this uh, young girl and she's looking around and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's clear what's going on. But it's also like a a little bit, I, I don't know, a bit to sort of like... He, this guy really deserves a horse's head in his bed, you know, and oh, yeah. they just cut that bit out. Yeah. The, uh, in the book, I remember reading The Godfather when I was 15 years old. I'll never forget it because I was on a motorhome trip with my grandparents and my grandmother was always yelling at me like, put that book down. You know, I was like in the uh-huh. back, like, like, I'm reading The Godfather. The story about the story about Jack Waltz in the book is 
really specific about yeah. um, what that was all about. And um, yeah, he deserves he deserves the, he the deserves horse doesn't deserve it. I once did a uh, reading of mm-hmm. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Who were you? And I, you know, I opened the book and I said, chapter 15. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> that was it. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's funny. Yeah, I think it's my. It might be time for. I. I swear to you, I've. I've watched Goodfellas. I've watched Casino thrice. I think. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've watched Casino seasonally this year. And yeah. I watched, I've watched a couple things a couple times, but the Godfather saga, I have not yet done. And I'm, that's going to be, that's going to happen. It's fun. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. stuff that's not necessary, but it, like if, if you're a fan, like I am, you know, you, you know, you enjoy <laughs> the other stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, three doesn't even bother me as much as it did when it came out. At this point, it's kind of yeah. Well, <laughs> I sometimes listen to the Lux Radio Theater um, on yeah. the radio, and they do entire motion pictures for the radio. Right. But right, so they 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 trim them down to like an hour, and it's hosted by Cecil B. DeMille, and they have commercials for Lux soap. But they will yeah. usually get one or two of the original principles of the of the film. Um, so you'll get Barbara Stanwyck and um, Fred McMurray, and for Double Indemnity, and then but you know, but you won't get. Um, What's his name? So they'll get like a third, you know, other all about Eve, you know, whatever. And it's like, it's interesting because they had, they did stage door and they swapped out Catherine Hepburn with Rosalind Russell. And this is like, this is like fantasy baseball for, for guys <laughs> like me who are like, I wonder what this part would have sounded like if Rosalind Russell did the part. And you know what? It's better. <laughs> she, she's she's better. Catherine yeah. Hepburn is way too affected, and she's not likable enough to be this like rich girl who's trying to be a poor actress. And Rosalind Russell is. She's right for it. And so um, that's always. Wow, you sound a- like a, uh, a studio head from the forties. She's not <laughs> likable enough. She's she, box she office poison. And me. another thing, just to show you, that it's not all dollars and cents with me. Skin, you know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. Um, she wouldn't take a top off. That was what. That would be exactly what they would say. Um, why did she leave the business? <laughs> yeah. Why? What a what a mystery. What um, a mystery. But I but I think that but that is a, an important part of it. it, it Lux Radio Theater is a lot of fun, by the way. If you like old movies, it's like. Oh, you know, I, I like the Notorious. Uh, oh yeah. From Lux Theater. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I love listening to that. It's very relaxing. You know, it I really just, is. I'm literally at the age where it's like, speaking of lifers, I'm like sitting by the fire, listening to the Lux radio theater. How old am I? I don't know. It doesn't matter. S- sipping cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> With both hands. But I mean, that's the thing. I used to listen to like, uh, you know, shadow, the shadow yeah. uh, radio plays when I was eight. Yeah. You know, like check them out from the library. I'd be sitting there listening. I'm like, this is cool. No, it's not. It's not cool. <laughs> it's it's not cool. Um, I listen to a lot of comedy albums and a lot of Dr. Demento, and I always listen to the radio at night as well. And um, always, yeah. yeah. And so, um, anytime I could, I, I love stuff like that. Um, and and I still do. And it's really, real, it's soothing to me. That's, That's one of the down. things I like about uh, the, you know, the 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 internet. 
iPhone is yeah. that there's listening to music on it. It reminds me of like sitting in, in bed, listening to Dr. Demento on your like little transistor radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. I mean, I listened to, um, I, I always had the radio on and, um, I was a big fan of Larry Lujak and, and like during the day <laughs> and then I would listen animal to, stories. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, he was like a king. I mean, he was like a god. <laughs> and then right. uh, he was a god, and Sven Gulli was a god. Oh, and yeah. is a god to me. Yeah. And he followed me on Twitter recently, and I almost started Ooh. crying. I know. Don't, don't even. That's it. Like, that's it. That's what it's about. That's it. Um, but um, I don't know what I was saying. Anyway. Uh yeah, Dr. Demento, and that was a big one. But also there would be, when when the radio would sign off, there would be like, getting personal with Dr. Anne Michelle Cohn and things yes. like that, like at night, <laughs> weird radio programming. King Biscuit Flower Hour, I listened to. Um, so yeah, I do I do like that. And and everything's accessible. So that is a, that is a big plus of the 21st century, I do have to say. Right. You know, I'll admit it. it it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I'll admit it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give Good. you that 21st century. <laughs> you put all the Lex episodes on YouTube. They are very good. All right. They know how to get you. <laughs> exactly. Just when I'm out, they pull me back in. All right. Fine. I'm just coming full circle on that reference. You, you know, did that's it. A, that's you, a beautiful camera right there. She knows how to put together a show, this one.
Jones, Tamar, singer, songbird, chanteuse, Tamar, sock model, siren, muse to notoriously draining composer, Jean Bertrand, Tamar, the new album, the new sound, with the voice you remember from a time you forgot, Tamar, on New Dimension Records. Available at J.G. Blanchard's, Value Disc, Crates Records, Hickey's, Gordon Drugs, Mr. Lube, Lentley's Furniture, Shales, and everywhere fine New Dimension Records are sold.